0: Listening to the Stormcast, a podcast from the Omaha Storm Chasers. Oh, he got him! Oh, he got him! Escobar got him at first! And that ball's way out of here! It's a two-run, game-winning homer! Here's your host, Jake Eisenberg.
1: Everyone get on your feet, stir up the storm with family!
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stormcast. Last week, we continued our recap of the Royals minor league affiliates by talking to the radio voice of the Quad Cities River Bandits, Kyle Kirchival. Kyle shared his impressions of the players he saw come through Davenport, the highlights of a very memorable season, and much more. If you missed it, be sure to head into our archives and check it out. You'll also find all of our other previous episodes, including our chat with Nicholas Batters, the voice of the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. On this episode, we round out our Royal recap by welcoming in John Kosas Jr., the radio voice of the Columbia Fireflies. Now, while the Fireflies didn't shine as bright as other affiliates in the Royals organization in terms of wins and losses, they did witness some franchise records fall, like for single-season home runs and single-season stolen bases, along with the professional debuts of some very exciting talent. John tells us what it was like in the Soda City in the first year as a Royals affiliate, what they're looking forward to most in 2022, and more. Before we get to our conversation with John, huge congrats to Union Omaha, which Dominated FC Tucson on Saturday at Warner Park to clinch a spot in the USL League One Final. The Owls netted six, six goals in front of the Buho faithful this past weekend, winning six to one while setting a franchise record for goals scored in a single match and breaking the league record for most goals in a playoff match. Now, since Union Omaha won the regular season title, they're hosting the USL League One Final against rival Greenville Triumph FC this season. Saturday, November 20th at Warner Park. The USL League One Final trophy on the line. Tickets are on sale now, and they're going to go fast. You can get your tickets and more information at unionomaha.com or by calling their office at 402-884-8040. Crowd was awesome on Saturday at Warner Park, and I know they're looking forward to having another awesome crowd this Saturday for the USL League One Final. All right, back to baseball. And now to our conversation with the voice of the Columbia Fireflies, John Kosas Jr. on the Stormcast. we continue our tour of the Kansas City Royals minor league system with a look at the Columbia Fireflies. And for that, we bring in the voice of the Fireflies, John Kosas Jr., who's kind enough to join us. John, thanks for coming on. How's your offseason going?
1: Oh, it's going well. You know how it goes, Jay, getting a little bit more time to explore life outside of baseball and just rejuvenate yourself for next year, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. But it was great to be back at the ballpark and have a full season again, something that we all missed in, in 2020. And even though the fireflies Firefly's record didn't necessarily shape up the way that maybe people in Soda City wanted it to. It was still fun to be at the ballpark every day.
1: Oh, absolutely. It was a joy to hear the crack of the bat and the pop of the mitt every single day. And we started off super hot in Columbia, right? 15-9 and nine across that first month. And plus, we had a lot of good prospects to watch the entire season. So, certainly good to see some professional baseball again.
0: So, kind of taking a 3,000-foot view of the Firefly season finished with a 48 and 71 record not great but like you said good start in May 15 and 9 and then it kind of tailed off after that but it seemed like there were a lot of individual performances throughout the season that stood out, whether it was Emilio Marquez, who we saw for a hot second here in Omaha at the tail end of the season, or a couple of players that we saw go up to Quad Cities like Michael Garcia, you know, maybe a, a Tyler Tolbert, a, a Daryl Collins on, on the offensive side, Ben Hernandez, A.J. Block on the pitching side, kind of had some some noteworthy appearances sprinkled in there with the Fireflies. What were your takeaways from 2021?
1: Yeah, I guess we'll start with Ben Hernandez because he's kind of the biggest mystery, right? 19-year-old selected in the second round of the 2020 draft, and you know he only played about a month, maybe a month and a half before he had a little bit of injury troubles, and he ended up walking out of Columbia. He actually didn't end up playing anywhere else. Uh, One of those guys that might actually come back to Columbia at the start of next year, or maybe depending on how he pitches in the spring, maybe he'll be a guy that you see in Quad Cities and moving up, but His changeup is exactly as advertised. It was labeled the best changeup in the 2020 draft class. Uh, His fastball has got mid-90s velocity and he's got control. For a young guy, those are all the things that you look at. right? Something to keep guys off balance. A good fastball and control is the most important. So If he's got a whole year to mentally prepare himself for a full season and physically get into shape, I really think he's going to be a talented player.
0: Who else from that Fireflies pitching staff were, were standouts for you?
1: Uh, Emilio Marquez was really good. Uh, He's really good in the type of way that I think will transition to one of those one-inning middle relievers maybe when he gets up to Omaha. He was a big innings eater, a spot starter guy for the Fireflies, but I think with his stuff, just because he's another guy that's excellent on control, but not necessarily a guy that blows me away with his stuff, but I mean, a guy with a sub-2 ERA and he had the seventh most strikeouts in the league when he got called up to Quad Cities. And funny enough, he wasn't even in the top 30 in innings pitched. He was just a guy who figured out how to get outs. And that's what you need at any level. Yeah, we saw, um, we saw
0: Emilio for one appearance back in mid-September. Scoreless inning, so maybe a sign of things <laughs> to come.
1: Right. I think A.J. Block was incredible. We only got to see him for maybe the first two or three weeks of the season but he was really positive watch and uh, there's just, there's a ton of stuff out of the bullpen. The question is, can the guys control it? Walter Pennington had a ton of great stuff, but at times he struggled with control. Uh, You saw other guys maybe in the starting rotation, like Anderson Paulino, who looked really good at times. And then other times he got hit around a lot because he was leaving pitches up in the zone. The stuff is here in low A, but, they got to harness it and take that next step to becoming a professional.
0: What about on the offensive side? You know, guys like Michael Garcia, who spent a good chunk of the season in Columbia, that's probably a player that Royals fans are keeping maybe a closer eye on than most coming out of low A entering 2022.
1: Well, I would say Michael Garcia is the shortstop of the future, but Jake, you got to spend some time (laughs) with the Kansas City Royals shortstop of the future. Uh, He's got an incredible glove and he has the right approach. He started developing a bit more power as the season progressed, but at the plate, he's a guy that's going to hit for average, a guy that could be a guy hitting at the top of the order in Kansas City or Omaha in a couple of years. I really liked watching Michael Garcia, and I think when you take a step back and you look at everyone who was in Columbia this year, he's probably the guy that I would circle and say is most likely to be a major leaguer for multiple seasons. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, There's one guy who started off really poorly, had all the tools, but then put them together by the end of the season. That's Tyler Tolbert. Tyler Tolbert is, I would say, the fastest guy in the organization. 49 steals in Columbia this year. Uh, That's a Fireflies all-time record, including guys who played multiple seasons with Columbia in the New York Mets system. But uh, Tolbert also kept increasing his batting average as the season Uh, progressed. He was hitting like 130 in July and then ended the season hitting about 220 because he was hitting over 300 over his last month. So he figured things out. And a big part of why he had this a little bit of a natural progression period was because they switched the length and weight of his bat. So as the season progressed, he got used to the bigger bat that he was using and the bigger bat allowed him to develop some power. I think he ended the year with five home runs.
0: I was going to ask about Tyler Tolbert because it felt like every other time you, you open up Twitter and you look at a Columbia Fireflies highlight, you, you saw Tyler Tolbert or you saw Juan Carlos Negret. But I want to focus. We'll, we'll get to Juan Carlos Negret in a second. But just on the stolen base side of things, 200 steals for this Fireflies team. You got Tolbert with 49, Diego Hernandez with 34. I mean, they were just wreaking havoc on the base paths in in, in the league.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think a big part of it is Diego and Tyler are probably the two fastest players I've seen in my four years of being in the South Atlantic League or low A East League, depending on how you want to look (laughs) at it after restructuring. Um, But I think it's also just the way that Brooks Conrad likes playing the game. I remember him coaching the Lexington Legends and everyone knew he was a big guy to utilize the hit and run, but then actually getting to talk to him as a manager of the team that I worked for, you know, he said he's very aggressive and he likes being aggressive in low way because it teaches those guys to make the mistakes now. So a lot of guys who are stealing bases, you'll see have high caught stealing numbers, but, uh, Diego and Tyler really didn't get caught a lot just because of their natural talent. And we'll see as catchers get quicker pop times and stuff, if that ends up, uh, coming back down to earth a little bit, but I really think that Tyler Tolbert's a guy who can uh, can threaten a lot of records in the Royal Stolen Base system. Yeah,
0: I'm looking at it now, John. 49 stolen bases, two caught stealings. How badly did he want 50?
1: Uh, so he he wanted 50, and he twisted his ankle and <sighs> ended up on the injured list. He came off the injured list, and he was in Quad Cities. So uh, <laughs> okay. he he very... Likely would have gotten if he didn't twist his ankle, but even funnier than that, the way he got those two caught stealings were not the traditional catcher to second base or third base. It was actually he started going before a pitcher started moving, pitcher ended up picking him off. <laughs> so, oh, okay you know more than or more more so from a speed perspective that's you know you made a mistake, you didn't catch the movement right. Uh, And I think that's a positive sign for the Royals when you're looking at someone who's 23 years old and who has their entire career in front of them to learn how to judge different pitchers with those slide steps and things that maybe weren't as popular when he was at the University of Alabama, Birmingham. Cool, cool.
0: This is this is all awesome, John. Thank you so much. Uh, I want to dive into a couple more players on the offensive side, uh, starting mm. with Juan Carlos Negret, because if it wasn't a Tyler Tolbert highlight, it was Juan Carlos <laughs> Negret hitting a home run because he had 23 of them, which far and away the most for the Fireflies this season. But you look at the mm. overall numbers and it raises an eyebrow a little bit and it makes you think, oh, was he all or nothing? Is that the case?
1: Yeah, he's absolutely an all or nothing hitter. And when you talk to him, it's the same thing. He'll tell you he's all or nothing. Uh, in fact, I think at one point this year, he had more home runs than singles to kind of give you an <laughs> idea of how much this kid is actually swinging for the fences. Uh, I think at some point, someone's going to have to have a conversation with them about adopting that two strike approach and maybe putting more balls in play. But for right now, it's more of seeing what this kid can do with power and what he did from a Fireflies fan perspective, is he hit the second most home runs any Columbia Firefly has ever hit? The most belonged to Dash winning him who did so in 2016 and 2017. It took him two seasons to get 25. Uh, so Juan Carlos Negret, a really big guy for social media, because. The flashy thing are those home runs, uh, and he was able to do that and impact quite a few games.
0: All right, let's finish up talking about one other guy who I guess you could say is is flashy on social media. It seemed like he was an absolute fan favorite, Cale M. who had a really good season with the Fireflies in the time that he spent down there, and it seemed like he was somebody that the fans there absolutely loved.
1: Yeah, Cale M. was a fan favorite. He had his own section, the collectibles. (laughs) Uh, If it wasn't Cale... Daryl Collins was the other guy that tons of fans revolved around. But I think what Kale brought that fans love so much was the way he swung a bat. You know, his first RBI hit at home at Segrets Park was actually an RBI triple with the bases loaded. So he brought in three runs and you got to catch a run. Uh, but I think the best trait that Kale has, because he has the gap to gap power and the ability to get on base consistently, but his. Uh, His pitcher ERA, so when he's behind the plate, when he's calling the game, it was a point and a half lower than any other catcher for the Fireflies this year. So this kid is really smart, works well with a bunch of different types of pitchers, and this year he had to manage eight or nine lefties at a time out of the bullpen. So this is a guy who can get creative with the way he's calling games. He can move from righty to lefty, and he can manage a lot of guys who at times were losing control and not able to capture it when they were working with other catchers.
0: Can you, can you tell us a little bit more about the k and how that kind of grew throughout the year?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it literally started the second home game of the season. There's a group of Richland County sheriffs who were attending the game in the bullpen boxes section, which are a group of four top tables that are right next to the Fireflies bullpen on the warning track. Uh, and Kale was warming up a catcher, Omar Hernandez had got, or a pitcher rather. So Omar Hernandez had gotten the start in the game. Kale was working in the bullpen. Uh, and these guys were just razzing uh, Kale. They were just saying stuff like, oh, hey man, you got to be better or whatever. You know, they had had a couple of beers in their system and they wanted to let the bullpen catcher hear it. So he started firing some stuff back at them, and, uh, that he earned their respect. So after the game, he tossed him a ball. Uh, They chatted for a second through the netting and then all of a sudden they followed him on Twitter and later that week they brought t-shirts and then all of a sudden instead of it being four sheriffs it was 15 people all with these t-shirts and then it was 25 and there were just so many people who were out there supporting kale not just the firefly specifically Kale emshoff this kid out of texas that isn't really any form of connected to Columbia or to the Royals outside of being signed as a free agent, uh, during the 2020 season. So Cale ended up becoming this fan favorite and honestly was just a really fun guy to be around whenever you had any questions to ask or whenever we needed someone to do something like catch a first pitch, you know, he was one of the first guys to volunteer.
0: That's awesome. It's pretty rare. You see a connection like that with a player at a minor league stop certainly in their first season certainly that quickly especially since kale wasn't in columbia for the entirety of the season but i don't know i don't know john i think maybe the fireflies over at segar park you might need some sort of uh kale concession item or some sort of giveaway next year you're gonna give mr celery a run for his money
1: right we might have to figure something out you yeah, know whether it's uh, something that plays off of the collectible action figure type thing or, or a bobblehead, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, we talked about a lot of players. We we touched on a lot of different stuff, but what are some of the biggest takeaways from the Firefly season that we, we haven't discussed?
1: Well, I think uh, one way to look at this, maybe to look at some of the top moments, I think that we found throughout the season, despite the record, I love these guys have that clutch gene when a big moment comes up they can come through and that's an intangible that doesn't show up on a stat sheet right so daryl collins for example a top prospect a kid who when he was in the arizona league as a 17 year old was uh, a guy who was just non-base machine then he comes to columbia and he saw pitchers who had command of two or three different pitches for the first time and he had to adjust well Whenever there was a big moment, you know, runners in scoring position or uh, late in a ball game, Daryl Collins got a bit better and he had the first walk-off home run in Fireflies history. It was actually a walk-off grand slam in front of a pretty big crowd. It wasn't your traditional 4th of July game because the Fireflies were on the road for it, but it was the Saturday of, I think June 26th was the Saturday, the week before 4th of July. Uh, So we had fireworks afterwards and everyone was wearing special jerseys. But uh, talking to some fans and season ticket holders, they say it was the greatest moment since we opened Segra Park in 2016. And that's the type of thing that when a player goes to the bigs or something, you're looking for a guy who can make that impact when it counts, right? When the Royals are tied three to three in the bottom of the ninth, who are they going to look to? I think Daryl Collins has that gene, right? That clutch motivation.
0: All right, and I guess we'll finish with this. What are you looking forward to most about 2022, John?
1: Oh, man. I mean, just looking through this year's draft, the Royals picked a lot of young arms again, and I think there are a couple of guys who might repeat at least at the start of the year. A couple of guys who are 19 this last year who maybe had a little bit of trouble at the end of the season and are working on one or two things. I'm excited just to see if Brooks Conrad and company can throw together uh, all this young talent and make something happen early again.
0: The 2021 Columbia Fireflies, maybe not the best record in the Royals organization, but certainly a lot of fun moments and some players to keep an eye on as we move into 2022 and beyond. John, thank you so much. We'll check back in with you soon throughout the offseason and talk again
1: soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Jake.
0: Many thanks again to John Kosas Jr. for joining us on the Stormcast. Looking forward to checking back in with John, Kyle Kirchival, and Nicholas Batters as we get closer to the 2022 season. Speaking of which, the 2022 schedule is out now, and so are the game times for all 72 Storm Chasers home games at Warner Park. We're less than five months away from the start of the 2022 season, believe it or not, and the 2022 home opener on April 12th right here at Warner Park. So Start marking those calendars and also start buying those tickets. Season ticket packages, including Chasers Blue Book and Chasers Gold Pack options, are available now at omahastormchasers.com or by calling the Warner Park Ticket Office at 402-738-5100. That'll do it for this episode of the Stormcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. A reminder that you can listen to any episodes you might have missed in our archive. And also make sure you subscribe on your platform of choice so you don't miss our next episode. And our next episode is going to be a good one. It features a chat with the 2021 Minor League Home Run King and top offensive player, MJ Melendez. We'll have that episode in December after Thanksgiving. So on behalf of the Omaha Storm Chasers, want to wish you and your loved ones a happy and safe Thanksgiving. By the way... Stay tuned for some special Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals for the Stormfront Team Store. Tons of great stuff there that would make a great holiday gift. So be sure to follow the Storm Chasers on Twitter, at OMA Storm Chasers, and on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, at Omaha Storm Chasers, for all the latest news and information, including the information on those holiday deals. For everybody with the Omaha Storm Chasers, I'm Jake Eisenberg saying so long. You've been listening to the Stormcast.
1: Come on, get on your feet, stir up the storm, we're family!